Arthur, I'll be in here. Quiet now, I'm recording. Hello. Tick here. <clears throat> you, my friend, well, if you're an evildoer, cover your ears. Because you are listening to the Canned Air Podcast, which is nothing but Keen Spoon! All right, Arthur, you can come out now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I am Jack Doherty. I am Jake Runyon. And joining us today, we welcome to the show Brian Silvera to talk about his comic, Bond. Thanks so much for being with us, Brian. Thank you for having me. This is a beautiful comic, and I can't wait to talk to you uh, about it later, uh, just the amount of work that must go into it. But anyway, I'm getting away with myself there. First, in our retro roundtable, we're going to be looking back in pop culture history again, and we'll let Jake's old-timey radio announcement tell you what we're going to be talking about here in just a few minutes. It's what I do. It's what he does. And then the uh, comic vault what do we have gentlemen anything good mine is a little bit of a surprise that i'll whip out when the time is right Ooh, that sounds voided. anticipation's <laughs> killing me <laughs> and i've got a horror mystery webcomic called numb Ooh, mm-hmm. you, you got a knack for finding uh oh, some, yeah. that I likes what i like of course that last one you brought with that moving webcomic i looked at it mm-hmm. um, that was, oh, that was yeah, creepy. yeah 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 it is creepy but yeah a few of the things we'll be talking about there and then we're going to turn our full attention over to brian and talk bond but before we do that jake head on down to all of our social networking outlets twitter at canned air pod and instagram at canned underscore air mind you we're also on patreon so if you like what we're doing you know a couple of bucks one dollar a month even i would do look we're, i would we're recommend the five because you get you get access to the shows yeah hang on I, I, i'm i'm hearing that the five is the recommended option go with the uh the five dollars <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, my, my, my correspondent back in the studio um yeah no with the five dollar a month pledge you get access to our patreon only special pod we'll call it the uh, the founder special right because that's who we've been addressing yes exactly but we should rename the tier that the founder special. The founder special it sounds, yeah, sounds like a not? breakfast at Bob Evans or something, yeah. doesn't it? Point of the matter: like and retweet all our stuff. <laughs> Donate money. Listen to the show. We love you. And with that, let's kick it off with this week's retro round table. This week in pop culture history, 1997, Notorious B.I.G. was shot in Los Angeles. A tragic loss. The same year, Buffy the Vampire Slayer premieres, setting the stage for nerds everywhere to get kind of weird obsessive over an actress. 1993, Beavis and Butthead premieres, pretty much doing the same thing everybody's been doing in their living room ever since. And in 1933, Monopoly was created and trademarked. So we're going to be talking about board games today in this week's Retro Roundtable. All things board games can be anything. Where do we start, gentlemen? Let's talk about Operation. I've got that on my list. Mm. Then I'll let you talk about it. No, no, no. I I mean, I've got nothing specific to say. I think probably everyone here has has played Operation, right? I can do any major surgery now because of that game. That's all it takes, man. Mm -hmm. It, It actually comes with a certificate of... 
you become a full-on medical practitioner as soon as you beat the when game. When I was a kid, it scared me. Like, <laughs> oh, hell yeah. It's one of those games like uh, Perfection, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. That was really like a lesson in anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't remember having a hell of a lot of fun just dreading the moment <laughs> when the loud noise happens. It's kind of like on Elf when he was sitting there with the Jack in the Box yeah, playing it, and every time yeah. that thing jumped out, it screamed. Who does that? Because it doesn't matter how much you prepare yourself for a Jack in the Box, it scares the shit out of you. And that's every the time. point for some reason. I, I don't know why it doesn't just pop out with a little needle and stab your hand. <laughs> I don't know who created the Jack in the Box, but they were an asshole. What about you, Brian? Well, it, Operation inspired me to yank my own tooth out. Oh Ooh. wow! Oh wow! Seriously, yeah, I, I, that that game. I we used to play that game when I was little, and, and yeah, you're right. It's it's like a mini little. It's like a little uh, exercise in uh, anxiety. It's like uh, yeah. willingly giving yourself over to anxiety. But I had this tooth that was growing up on top of another tooth, and I didn't. I we couldn't get to the dentist, so I just. I remember. I'll never forget. I was watching David Letterman, and I just, I just pried that thing off, just thinking about that weird board game i know that doesn't make any i didn't know that sounds kind of weird but holy cow that not really hurt <laughs> i've pulled hurt a tooth out there was a lot was of blood I, there was a lot of blood but i just kept i just you know i stopped the bleeding and i was fine and uh the tooth to this day is a little it's a little off but yeah i, I yanked that thing myself and i just <sighs> i remember thinking about kind of laughing at myself thinking about operation as i was doing it I was like man i just Thought about that fat naked dude with the red nose, and it, <laughs> and that thing just popped right out, and there was just like a warm torrent of blood in my mouth. That gross, mm. that irony taste. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Oh man. But it made it happen. It was cool. I, I felt it was a weird, it was a weird macho kind of thing that I met. I felt so stupid, like in a dumb ape kind of way. It felt like a man. <laughs> yank, this tooth just pleases me. I tell you what. Yes, exactly. I wouldn't exactly. fuck with anybody's pulled out their own teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you can put up with that kind of pain, I mean... I, I think the real takeaway from this is that you pulled it out, and it worked, and you're fine. It did work. That's yeah. a one in a million. There was still a lot of root flare, too, ready. man. It was, it was pretty brutal. I bet. I bet. What about what about you? How did you pull your tooth out, or why? It was it was loose, and but when I did pull a baby it out, there tooth. was still yeah, it still okay. had a little bit of a like a sliver of root, but there's something about that little bit of oral pain that I like. <laughs> Oh God! Man, makes eyes water. Oh, <laughs> you go over to Jacks to find his wife. Just punch him in the mouth. <laughs> Give it to me. Do it again. You know, I remember uh, when I was younger, I had braces, which was a lot of fun. Oh, me too. Mm-hmm. Mm. And because my mouth is weird, I guess, or just weird enough, they had to extract two teeth, one on either side, to make room for the rest to shift. Which I don't mm. know if that's common, but it sucked. And Same I, here. Yeah, yeah. And I got this nightmarish, like, surly Korean dentist named Dr. Kim who really just <laughs> fucking yanked him out of there. Like, no warning. And I remember walking out to the waiting room when I was young at the time. So there were my parents waiting. And they asked me, like, hey, Jake, how you feeling? And my mouth is stuffed with cotton. And I tried to say, fine. As soon as I did, the cotton came dislodged. And like you said, that fantastic torrent of blood just exploded out of my mouth and down my shirt. Oh, my God. And the best part, there must have been six, maybe seven kids. I don't know if it was like (laughs) a kindergarten trip to the dentist (laughs) to learn what it's all about. Just watching in silent horror as I shambled out, all covered in blood. All of a sudden, the choir of Uh, crying children (laughs) after that are afraid. If I was sitting with them kids, I'd have cried, too. Oh, my God. I I can taste it now that we're talking about it. It's... Yeah. I almost had the exact experience. Like I had a gnarly overbite. 
Mm. And to correct it, they pulled out two back molars and then bridged the gap, and they just kept tightening it to force the top jaw to grow backward, you know? And, um, one, the tooth being removed was a nightmare because, I mean, this dude, like, no shit, like, had his knee on the chair. Pretty much just had a pair of pliers in my (laughs) mouth pulling. And, um... (laughs) I will always remember that as the most intense pain I've ever felt in my life. I, I remember that night waking up and the roof of my mouth had swollen down farther than the end of my teeth. Like, like I couldn't even move my tongue. It was, oh, it was horrible. How would we get on teeth again? Board games. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. oh, I like it, man. I, ma- I managed to divert this train over into talking about yanking her teeth out. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you pulled your tooth out. Yeah. That's still pretty baller, dude. <laughs> Not only did the operation teach you about surgery, it also helped make you a novice electrician when you changed Ooh, that, that light bulb. I never changed it. I don't think no. I played it enough to burn the little light out, <laughs> to be honest. I buzzed once back. I get it away. Yeah, Operation was a sometimes food. I don't know if anymore if it's still as scary because I don't think it has that same buzz. I think it's just kind of like a boop. It, it needs no. to like point a loaded gun at you. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, wonder if the next chamber is going to be empty. Better pull out that funny bone nice and slow. Who here has actually played a game of mousetrap? Oh, I have. I have. Never. I never have. No, 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 I didn't yeah, ask I who had it. I asked who's actually played the game. My sister and oh, I, I played, played it all the time. You did? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, well, no, I guess... That, never, I, never mind. Well, actually, <laughs> we you know actually, what? Now that I think about it, I, I didn't actually play it. We would just set up the stupid little room. Go, uh, say yeah, exactly. That's what I'm asking. And just, you know, that was it. Because I had the game. I Either I had it or a friend had it. I don't remember, but played with it a million times, but never once played the game. It was just setting yeah. up the contraption and watching it, watching it happen. So that's where you... You raise a good point. Then, I think right? that's what they do. No, we played it. We actually played it and built it as you went along and did it that oh, way. Oh, Mr. High and Mighty mm. actually playing Mousetrap over <laughs> here. Super cool guy. Yeah. Wow. Dude, Mousetrap had the same, like, setup to enjoyment ratio as, like, doing crack cocaine. Like, you got to find a guy who sells it. You got to buy it. You got to bring it to a place where nobody's watching. A lot of work you gotta for a little melt payoff, it down. Yeah. yeah. And then you're high for five minutes and bam. Set it <laughs> yeah. Mousetrap. <laughs> Basically, cocaine. <laughs> That's free promotion for Mousetrap right there. You're welcome, Milton Bradley. I, you're asking the wrong Hasbro? asshole. I don't know. Parker Brothers? Parker Brothers. Parker Brothers. Let's yeah, go with that. That sounds, that that sounds, sounds the great. most plausible. All right, what else we have? How about Hungry Hungry Hippos? That was yeah. a weird one. Because, a weird one? Yeah, because it's, it's one of those games that's not really skill-based. <laughs> I don't even know if anything I've, we've mentioned thus far is really considered board game either. That's a good point. Yeah. Should we just talk about Monopoly? You know, just cut right to it. No, go ahead with what you were saying. Wow, all right, way to put me on the spot. Um, Shut down. Yeah, Hungry Hungry Hippos, anyway. Uh, not really a skill game, is it? Uh, no, not at you're all. Kind of it's relying, just a mad grab. And, like, everybody plays it super forceful. Like, that's the way to get all the pellets. But the harder you slam that thing, you're just knocking them away. You're just blasting those little white pellets into the waiting maws of your opponents. There may be a little bit of skill where you have to hit the little shut flipper the fuck up, to shut Jack. the... Nah. This is a no-skill game. I will not be dissuaded. There was a way you could hit it really fast that made them eat faster. But if you really wanted to get the upper hand, 
noticed which way the kitchen table was leaning <laughs> and get at the bottom of that incline. That's where I come from, that's called the metagame. <laughs> what else we got, that guys? What about you, Brian? Well, I do remember that that game, how good you do at that game is directly proportionate to how much bigger you are than your cousins and your brothers. That's true. Because <laughs> I would I would just throw elbows out and, you know, I, I would I would just I would make it happen. I would win. I'd get those pellets in that stupid hippo. It would just, you know, I would make it happen. You ever have, have but it? Yeah, but the you're right. It has nothing to do with skill. I think it has to do with who's the bigger, meaner sibling yeah. or cousin. In that way, it's kind of like the most primal, instinctual feeding frenzy kind of game. It's like, oh, this is what it was like when we were all living in caves, <laughs> You're all hunting and gathering, like, <laughs> pounding on your chest, like, oh, 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 <laughs> as you're doing it. All like, you know, social graces go right out the window. You don't care about yep. respect. <laughs> oh, you're just like three monkeys just bashing rocks at just, just, just screaming. Exactly. Oh, somewhere it brings there up must be a... kids, those kind of games, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's weird because. You, you think of games, especially board games, as supposedly teaching you something. Thing like shoots and ladders, like oh, it's about the hazards of misbehaving. Even though that game fucking sucks, Candyland is to, I guess, teach children to deal with Diabetes. the randomness of reality, right? Because you can't influence that at all. Hungry, hungry hippos is just like eat the most. You know, it's like yeah, gluttony it teaches you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Consume as much as you can. Starve your foes. You ever have the hippo where you tried it tried getting too many marbles and the head would like kind of stick up, yeah. so then it was just moving yeah. forward with the head yeah. open. It's not and, called and hungry, then... hungry shovels. Okay. <laughs> uh, any other games you can think of, Brian? Um, you brought up Candyland, and I, I always yeah. liked Candyland because it was trippy. It, it was a, it was like a psychedelic sure kind of thing to it. I've never played you know? Candyland. I remember it. There was like these little regions. There was like a chocolate world and there was like a can like a I vaguely remember it, but I remember like the board was like the illustration on the board, I was like the art of it and I always thought it was really psychedelic and kinda Candy kinda otherworldly. Even when I was little I kinda liked that. But they use that like old art like from the original Candyland, don't they? I mean it they're, doesn't they're seem like, like well, the cover has changed up much at all in years. Oh like, man, when I was playing it it was in the eighties. I was a kid in the eighties. That's how I remember it. So I do remember the. It was probably the same art that's been used since like I don't know World War Two. I don't know how long that's been. <laughs> it's got like super racist depictions of Japanese people. <laughs> but I loved I love Candyland. It was cra- it was trippy. It's it's visually interesting. That's for sure. But like yeah. playing it is brain dead. Like you draw yeah. a card, and that's the color you move to, and oh, whether right. you get to the end first or not is completely decided by the order of the deck of cards. You know, there's yeah. you don't get to make any choices. Sometimes you're one space away from getting a King Candy's castle and you get the fucking Grandma Nut card and then you got to go all the way back to five spaces Grandma from Nut. the beginning. Yeah. Wow. It teaches Ooh. you how to listen to your parents. It teaches Take you orders. how to... <laughs> How to let go of little pieces of your childhood when you start <laughs> to realize that even sometimes when you want something really badly, you're not going to get it. Harsh lessons. Well, speak, well, speaking of which, that brings up that makes me think of the game of life. Do you remember oh, that, dude? I, I love was that just going to say life. Yeah, that was a good game. Yeah, yeah I, it was the little cars with the little uh, little pig people you put in there. <laughs> Another one too. Uh, what was the? Was it just trouble? Trouble was good with the little bubble popper. Yeah, in the yes, middle. Yeah. I loved that game. That was such a good game. I like the board because it was all plastic with the holes and the pieces nice. had to fit mm-hmm. in there. It had a good tactile thing going. 
You couldn't bump it, and then your pieces yeah. would fall over. They'd just stick in there. Do you remember uh, there was a, um, I wouldn't even know if I'd call it a craze, but a wave of travel board games came out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had a trouble game about this big with a tiny little popper and tiny die in the middle that had a plastic cover that would pop onto it. And you could play it in the car anywhere because those little pieces would click right into place, like mm-hmm. really tough, yes. you know? Those are pretty cool. But they had uh, versions of those for... I think almost every board game. Maybe probably not Monopoly. That'd be a little too hard Ooh, to do. <laughs> a lot going of back, moving parts on that one. Going back to the game of life, do you ever have to get another car because you got so many kids? No. Was, <laughs> I don't know if it was my cousin or my I sister. Mean, we it's were been playing. years since I played Life too. I, I don't remember much about it. <laughs> it was hilarious because she had to get a, another car and they had two cars because there were so many kids. kids. <laughs> yeah, She hit like every kid block on this space. Oh, it was funny. My God. You know, I think my favorite board game is probably Clue. Oh, that's a good one. Because if you're yeah. really attentive, you can win that son of a bitch on the first turn. Mm. Have you ever played, um, thir- I think it was called 13? Yeah, you're right. Let's just skip over Clue and move well, no, to the I- thing. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> I bring up this game to talk about what you're talking course, about, asshole. No, no, by all means. Continue with your clue. <laughs> no, Continue with your clue. Say, it's cool because it's kind of like poker, where you're not playing the game, you're playing the players, right? You're looking for tells and body language. Right. Well, no. Well, tells because nobody knows who did it. Well, yeah, but you see someone... Oh, you said clue. I was thinking guess who. Never mind. No, no. When someone learns something, they mark off a weapon or a person or a location. You think to yourself, let's see, of the possible things that are left, they probably had this, and you get into the impression of like... Look, I don't know how much Clue you've played. I guess there was a little way to dial down to what there was. I just It's been so long since I've played it. I used to love... Me and my buddies in Reno, we used to get really, really trashed and play Clue. And Mm. those were good times. Remember the movie Clue? I do. Okay, next. Hell yeah, Tim Curry. Yeah, Yeah. right? Yeah. That's my point. Any other board games gotten movies? Uh, well, ba- well, Battleship recently. (laughs) Oh, Battleship. (laughs) That movie was so bad, it was great. Holy hell. Where the aliens had that implosion bomb that exploded and then sucked everything I, back in and then blew them I, up. I again. didn't see it, but I just I do remember. I, I heard that they were also. Well, I don't, I don't want to divert this away from what we're talking about, but I do remember hearing rumors that they were going to make a movie about Tetris too. <laughs> I heard that too, and I have I no idea not. how that, that would even work. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I have seen... Battleship was a good Battleship. game. It was a good game. Electronic Battleship Battle was Stop. even better. That was a fucking oh, game changer. Because it electronic had submarines and... The Starship version, or Starship, Star Wars version was... I never even played that. that. It was... I just liked that someone else came on and said, Battleship sunk! You know, it was... <laughs> That's oh, how the Star Wars one works. Like you'd hear TIE Fighters or <clears> other <throat> X-Wings flying, and you hear Admiral Akbar calling out, Our ship's gone down! It was that was another thing cool. Like awesome. once you put in the coordinates you wanted to shoot at, you'd hear that, <laughs> and you'd hear a splash or <laughs> asshole would pucker while you're now, waiting. Now to hang see if on, hit <laughs> that thing you said about Admiral Akbar. Does a ship really go down in space? Sure, it could list off one direction. Or yeah, the other but no. would they use that expression? Is what I'm saying. I mean, no. I mean, there's no center. There's no center of gravity. There is no up. There is no down. There's no left. There's no right. If anything, they go 
everywhere. Depends on where the blast was. It would push the force would push it down. But what's down? Would there even no be a blast though in space? <laughs> you use cardinal directions, right? Or no? I've seen movies. There's Starboard all kind of explosions <laughs> all the time. <laughs> well, your Star Wars big fireballs in space kind of shit. It, that's not. That's space. not accurate. It's <laughs> not. There's accurate. no noise either. What's and the that? world's a globe. There's no noise either, and we keep hearing those explosions in, yeah, in space. Exactly. That's true. But God bless them for putting them in I there because they add so much. Yeah, it just breaks but, my heart. Imagine how horrible that would be just to see lights <laughs> yeah. flashing from lasers and stuff blowing up, and you're just nothing. And you know, that's the thing. There's a game I love playing at home. It's called Everspace. It's a little spaceship sim kind of deal, and it's got gorgeous, gorgeous sound effects. Uh, it's awesome. Shut up. It's got gorgeous sound effects. And that drives me nuts because so much work went into it. And all my stupid curmudgeon brain can do is go like, there's no sand in space. And so every time mm. I hear like the glorious <laughs> fusillade of a capital ship's cannons going off, it's just me being an asshole. And I'm saying no, no, yeah. no. <laughs> you think I'm having fun, but I'm not because this is stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember um, wanting so bad there to be. Maybe there was, but I never found it. You know, they had, like, the Jeopardy board game. They had the Wheel of Fortune board game, which we had. But there was never a Price is Right board game. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So, when I was a kid... Just go in the kitchen and get a blender. (laughs) How much for this blender? How much is this? (laughs) No, I'm telling you, I put a lot of work into constructing a play-at-home uh, Price is Right game. I had a wheel that you'd spin and everything. I had a whole bunch of like cars and jet skis or you know, China cabinets, a watch, a, 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 a box of Tylenol, that kind of shit <laughs> with on cards with the prices on the back. And the centerpiece of this thing for me was I had this long little microphone thing that I would use like a Bob Parker. <laughs> then he was like, now I need friends to play. His little spindly spider leg mic. Well, no, I got I got my uh, family and friends to play at one time. Nice. And it was actually pretty fun, but uh, <laughs> so fucking janky. I think I made that wheel out of a hamster ball or some shit. Somehow. Hey, it's, it's using your head, though. It worked. pretty cool. It worked. Um, Any other board games, guys? Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not familiar. Are you guys with... down to ever play Monopoly? Oh, crazy. Nah. I am not. No. Never. Okay, ever, well, I'm glad we never, got that yeah, out of no. the Fuck that game. No, my family loves Monopoly. So, holidays, Monopoly time. Ugh. No, I, I don't like Monopoly. I never lose. I spent one night playing with my friends. I sat in jail for the whole game, pretty much. Every time I got <laughs> out, See, that would... go to go, or go to jail, boom, land on it, right back. It's the best. My I sister... would prefer that happen to me. That way I can just sit there right, and, like, and dick around on my wait. phone. Just like, all right, wrap it up. My sister <laughs> went to jail 18 times over the course of one game. <laughs> wow. Beating her previous record of 14. I don't know if she, like, pissed off a gypsy when she was younger or something, but every time <laughs> she plays that game, it's a disaster. I think by the time I got out of jail, everyone had, like, four hotels on everything so i was screwed every time i'd land i'm like well i'm fucking done this is stupid it's a great way to simulate how the ultra powerful just grind the weak into dust (laughs) (laughs) what about you that game is so demoralizing i love that game man uh did any other board games come to mind for you brian um or you tapped? No, you know I, you know I, I was always. You, you mentioned Clue, and I remember Clue had a, a big effect on me because it was kind of like my first uh, introduction into role playing games in a way. Oh yeah, yeah. 
see that. I mean, because you really, I, I, I remember I would ham it up and I would just, I'd pretend like I was uh, Colonel Mustard and I'd talk with an accent and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would talk like I, I would talk like that. You know, like I was like a hundred pounds heavier and I had a big mustache, you know, like like a walrus dude. That's kinda how I pictured it in my head. Good heavens. Exactly. Exactly. There's a game called Thirteen Thirteen Dead End Drive that's also an awful lot like Clue. <laughs> I think I've struck a nerve. But no, I mean it's in a mansion, like a uh, I don't know if it's supposed to be a haunted mansion oh, yeah? or just yeah. Cool. Yeah. And as you're trying to figure out who done it, there's different contraptions around the mansion, like mousetrap, that you have to lead your other players oh, okay. into and kill them hmm. off. So it's like Clue, but better. You're not just like racing to figure it out. You're also trying to get more people killed. <laughs> yes. Nice. Exactly. So I, you I have don't to remember be a killer exactly and what, find uh, out who the killer ooh. was. It just always makes me uh, think of Clue. Which I, you is know, the point I was trying to get to oh, a little okay. earlier. You know. I guess you should have <laughs> wanted it more. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying. I saw a, a pretty incredible board game. I didn't get the chance to play it. The demo table was all full up. When I was in Gen Con this year, someone had this game where you've got like three different scenarios, all of which are you're, you're stuck in like a B-movie screenplay. There's like psychos in a farmhouse. There's alien invasion. And then there's like a zombie attack. And it kind of plays out where you're the actor or actress and you're trying to make sure your character survives for the sequel or something. So there are ways you can, like, bribe the screenwriter and all this weird shit. It was just such an interesting concept, the idea that hmm. you're, like, gaming the game. Like, right, and the right. outcome gets changed. It's like a reverse clue. You, you, and what was that called? Uh, Thanks, Jake. Um, <laughs> I have a picture of it on my phone. Solid choice. I, I'll find I can it. make up board games, <laughs> too, you know. Shut the fuck up. I, I put this picture on Twitter before. You... These sons of bitches. You know, I could be at home playing Monster Hunter right now, but I'm doing a podcast. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm all about that, too. Dude, I'm stuck, man. I finally hit high rank, and now I'm trying to get Rathian rubies, which is kind of like pulling teeth from a chicken. That, I'm ready to or fight from a Brian. Or from a Brian. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have the time to play games like I, like I, like I want. You know, I mean, I, I got, you know, I'm a, I have a family and I got this, this, I have a full-time job and I have that comic book that I'm still hammering away at very slowly, but hot damn. Do I love that game? I, I would. I wish I had more time to play that game. Oh, dude, you know it's I mean? easy. All you have to do is abandon those other three pillars of your life, and then you'll have nothing but Monster Hunter left. Solid advice. It works. <laughs> well, yeah. It works. Just got to give up on your dreams and play video games. Yeah, give up. Yeah, that's uh, maybe. I'll maybe I'll consider it. Maybe that's what I'll do. Just something. To if think. everything goes south, I've always said that if everything goes south, I'll, I'll either just tell everyone to go fuck themselves and just I could just play games and just you know everyone could just go to hell. Or I can just, come, or I'm gonna get in a plane and go live with the Mabuti people out in the middle, <laughs> the middle of the Congo. No, I've always area. always wanted to live with those people. I, if they, if they'd have me, you know. <laughs> and if they want my teeth, pound my teeth down streets and eat monkey meat, I'll do all that. Whatever, I'll be the big goofy white guy that's with them. But you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll let me in their tribe. I don't know. They give you some word that's like in their native tongue. It just means dumbass or something, but you'll never know the difference. <laughs> you think it to be some endearing term. <laughs> yeah. Bumblebee tuna. It means Bumblebee honored tuna. guest. <laughs> I'm so full of shit. I know I'd be I'd be wanting to come back within two days. I'd be crying. Uh, <laughs> Dude. I just want to say your wife's hearing this like a week later with a tear running down her cheek. Like, oh my god. 
she, she's heard me say that a bunch of times that if everything goes south, I'm just gonna leave her, the kid, everything, and go live with pygmies out in the damn Congo and eat monkey meat and all, and that's it. Fuck them. Okay, that's the life. So she's probably got a plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or she knows I'm full of shit. <laughs> all right, very good, very good. I think that was fun. We got, we've got to end this segment on we that gotta note. We got to. That's too good. Very good, very good. Uh, I don't have a crafty segue into a Society Six commercial here, with so it. let's just get out with it. If you want T-shirts, if you want mugs, clocks, cool vinyl decals, vinyl decals. I always forget Those the vinyl the decals. That's yes. my favorite product that we have. A shower curtain. A sh- Why not? <laughs> Who wouldn't want to shower with us? I think we're showerable, right? Yeah. And for that special someone at home, Candair Marital Aids. Society6.com <laughs> forward slash Candair Pod. That part's not true. No, I can't wait not. until this episode airs and I listen to that part and cringe so hard that my neck snaps. Why did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Rest assured, I don't think people believe that one. You never know, man. You never do know. But again, get some of that tasty Candair merch. Society6.com forward slash Candair Pod. And with that, let's swing open the door to the comic Bolt. Who would like to go first this week? Jack, you're looking pretty antsy over there. <laughs> yeah, I'll go first. Feeling so, froggy? Jump up. <laughs> so this has been a long time waiting, and I finally got it? the issue of Ooh. Final Street. Nice. Oh, shit. I thought it was Street Fighter when you pulled it out. From like, Scott, good old friend Scott Schmidt. Yes, very good. That's oh, that a looks comic badass. based on the old beat-em-up. Remember uh, Street Ham? Him. We talked with him, Street Ham. Street mm-hmm. Ham, yeah. <laughs> this is about two, two uh, fighting... Uh, it's like Double Dragon. There's not really a backstory. One girl, she's a kickboxer. The other girl, she's a in ninjutsu. And it starts out the what's her name? Sully, the kickboxer, chicks out at the gym with a friend of hers. They're practicing. They go get something to eat because they're gonna meet up with the other girl, the ninjutsu girl named Kumi. And all of a sudden, they get attacked by a bunch of thugs, and they end up beating them up, starting a fight. Uh, once a fight starts, usually, I don't know where the page is at it, but it shows, like, just like the video games with the power bars across the top. (laughs) Right, right. And the guy ends up getting kidnapped by the thugs. They get up on a, a subway, and lo and behold, there's a turkey leg. And the one girl says, you're not gonna eat that. She's like, why? It's perfectly good turkey leg. Wait, let me see. Where is it? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were pointing at it. I was going through. I think I passed it. it. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Go ahead. But yeah, just like the the old street ham or the leg of turkey in the middle of the game, there's one there. And I'm not going to go into it too much more because you got to get it yourself. The art is amazing on it. It sure is. They really nail that style. I like the the moves chart in the back there. It's like up A, uppercut. But the end, there's the end, the level complete with all the uh, scores that you get. Oh, so each comic's like a level. Yep. Fantastic. That's cool. If there's anybody who knows how to make a comic based on a retro video game, it's Scott Schmidt. I mean, this guy is dedicated to those retro games. And look at the the, the poster they sent with it. It's it even from uh, it's got the Zen, Nintendo Zendo seal of approval, and it's from the the game maker uh, Kamani. <laughs> it looks it looks like an actual uh, box though. That's yeah, really it cool. looks just like the box, the old Nintendo boxes. And the twist at the end is it's not the final street. There are in fact more streets. More streets to go yes. down. Yep, that's the beauty of it, Jake. Yeah, very good. All right, Brian, where'd you like to go next? <laughs> <laughs> 
to be honest, I haven't read a comic in a long time. The last time I read a, uh, a graphic novel, uh, a Dan Klaus stuff. Uh, yeah, you, you don't know if you're familiar with Dan Klaus. He what did like Ghost familiar? World. Ghost he did like World. Ghost World yeah. and yeah. things like that. Uh, yeah. He's uh, pretty awesome. Um, he did this one called. Uh, uh, oh man, I don't even know the name, and I just read it like last week. It's it, unfortunate name. It's something like Joe Boring or. It's it's pretty it's pretty uh, it's pretty heady stuff. It's not it's not superhero stuff at all. It's just a it's a weird uh, graphic novel about this uh, this this kid and his his first relationship with women and how they didn't work out and it, it just and then it turns into a murder mystery. I mean it, it's it's something else. Let me get that information for you guys. It's it's pretty awesome. Sure. But Dan Klaus is the guy that did um, uh, Art School uh, Confidential. I don't know if you've ever seen those. No, I haven't. The They're pretty funny. Weird. It's basically just kind of poking fun of uh, the whole going to art school thing. And uh, I don't know. If, I think it's kind of like uh, I think people reading that anyone that's anyone, any creative type, I think would kind of uh, kind of get the inside joke of that. But at the same time, I think even if you're not a creative type, I think it's I think he's pretty funny. Um but yeah, Dan Klaus, uh, you need to check him out. He's been around for a long time too. He's, I think he's in his sixties now. I will. I mean, I, I know of Ghost World, but mm -hmm. I think that's about all I know. I, I feel like that name's come up on the show before. It's had to have. Yeah, it had to have. By this time, right? We're at what two hundred and twenty-eight in. <laughs> it's <laughs> had to have come up. Fair number of names that have come <clears throat> up over the course. All right. Very good. All right, mm. Jakey boy, you want to go next? Yeah, I've got something really neat. Um. Unfortunately, as soon as I started reading this, I knew first off that I wanted to recommend it to the listeners. But second, unfortunately, there's not a hell of a lot I can say about it to do that because to divulge too much of it really kind of spoils the point. I mean, this okay. is this is a, a comic that says right on the tin horror mystery. You know, uh, it's called Numb. And the most striking aspect is that it's all done in watercolor which looks mm. just absolutely stunning. Uh, the woman who made this did an incredible job. It's It's got that comic style with the sort of exaggerated facial features, the easy-to-read expressions you come to expect, but like the artistic merit of the whole thing, it's just really out of this world. And uh, I'd recommend anyone check it out. Whether you're into horror or not, just the aesthetic value. Sure. It's, it's really something mm. to get lost, and I almost think of it in kind of a meditative way. It's one of those images, it's made up of those images that make you stop and stare for a while. And in that way, it's a little light on dialogue. I think it's more dependent on delivering that visual punch. And oh, it's, it's just wonderful. So check out Numb. Uh, creator Nina Evelina. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. She's got two eyes everywhere you'd expect an eye to be. I believe she's from Finland. Uh, you can find her on Twitter at N Salmelin. N S A L. M E L I N. Or you can just uh you can just Google numb comic and that'll take you right to it. It's like the first hit. So yeah, I can go to the website and Yeah, that too. too. Yes, I'm nice. I'd highly recommend it. Very good. Very good. And I do not have anything this week, Jonah. I'm sorry. Well let it's been slide. a little busy. Well, I'm not gonna have anything next week either. I'm, I'm consumed with this project I'm working on, but rest assured after that, I will have some. I will rest comments. assured. I trust okay? you. I trust good, you. good. With that all behind us, <laughs> let's turn our full attention over to Brian Silvera and talk about Bun. Thanks again for being with us, Brian. 
Uh, no, thank you for having me. It's it's uh, this is great. Thank you. Good. I hope you're having a good time, man. <laughs> you don't have to I sugarcoat am. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. <laughs> but no, uh, to be honest, I, I checked one of your guys's. I checked out one of your guys's uh, podcast, and uh, I don't know. I, I like it. It's, uh, I like what you guys are doing. It's 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 fun. It's loose. I don't know. It's it's um. It seems it's natural. I don't know. I, I can get behind it. So yeah, awesome. I, I'm not trying to you know kiss your butts or anything. I'm I like it. So I, I'm I'm if glad to were, be a, a small part of part of this. We love having our asses. Yeah. <laughs> but no, thank you for the kind words. That <laughs> does mean a lot. Uh, we like getting feedback like that. Obviously, thank you. Yeah. Oh. But uh, we got to talk about this comic. Fun. Yeah. Um, the artwork is just fantastic, but I, I, again, jumping the gun here. Let yeah. me just have you talk, uh, tell the listener about Bun in your own words. It's kind of hard to sum it up, but I guess if I had to sum up what Bun is, it's about a uh, it's about a kid uh, getting wrapped up into a uh, a million year old assassination plot between entities that are long dead, and and this kid is an, just a normal sixteen year old kid uh, from Los Angeles. With a uh, you know who lost his lost his uh, his mom when he was young, uh, when he was six, and pretty much lost his dad at the same time because his dad turned into a horrible alcoholic after that. So the only thing that kept him, um, I guess, sane, is a little rabbit that he kept, a uh, little white rabbit with a weird symbol on its leg that he doesn't seem to notice or care, but the reader knows it notices. Sure. And uh, basically. Um, his name's Milo. Um, Milo finds himself in this other world where he these people live on top of these trees, and another race of beings live at the bottom of the trees, and and things get weird. Things get really, really weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that's how I'd sum it up. You had me at things get weird. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and if I may Go ahead. say so, just right off the rip, and like I'm I'm hesitant to word it this way. Because I don't want you to think I'm just immediately comparing what you've done to some other thing. But this is the best way I can think to word it. The artwork you have going in this comic just seems to me... It's so, like, rich with visual storytelling, and I'm just a sucker for that. It makes me think of kind of like games like Dark Souls, where you're supposed to see what's around you and interpret the story from the architecture and the shape of the landscape and the little tidbits of this and that, and I'm just powerless against that kind of thing so right off the bat i loved it everything about it from like the seeing that i forget the exact panel this sprawling cathedral with like a human face motif like the top of a skull over one of the spires i just everything about it i'm i'm on board wow thank you awesome the yeah. whole treetops thing was oh yeah, pretty yeah. darn cool too just that in itself because I mean, there's a reveal of that after you've seen them walking on that terrain, right? How did you come up with this concept? I mean, it's it's it's, it's out there in such a good way. Yeah. Well, um, I, and I I don't. Hopefully, you notice uh, that that comic book was me trying to knock the dust out of, out of the machine and, and draw like I used to. And if you notice the difference between the first, did you see the second one or just the first one? Uh, we looked through the first. It was the first book we looked through. I must okay. Have been, yeah. Well, then I, I strongly recommend you check out the second one too. The second one's also on the website, free to read, um, free to check out for anybody. And I'm almost done with the third. And you'll notice that the 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 progression of the art, the art gets darker and more dense and better as they go on because it's like I'm kind of getting the momentum as I'm as I'm working on this project right. more. 
I did notice. Um, the second one is noticeably better. I have to, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but the second one is definitely better than the first as far as the art. And, uh, and some weird story, some fun uh, storytelling mechanics I'm kind of experimenting with on the second one. I mean, I, I'm glad that you guys like the, the the art of the first one because, to be honest, I, you know, as I go farther from the first one, the I like it less and less as far as the art because well, I'm, you know, I mean, kind of creator, it's like, you know. Well, it's kind of like you know, Superman. Like when he, this sounds corny, but this is what I explained to my wife, and she cringed, and I, I'm gonna regret even saying this, but. It's kind of like Superman when he gets his powers back. He goes up in the sp- and you know he goes up in his space and he gets hit by the sun and he just feels all invigorated. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of what this comic's been for me over the course of the last couple of years. Like I feel like I'm slowly getting my my art powers back. You know what I mean? Sure. And awesome. I think you can see it more from from book one onto book two. And if you're on my not to plug it, but if you're on my Facebook the Bun Facebook page where I offer a a weekly. Uh, Every week I offer a little bit, like a little glimpse of, you know, how far we're at with three. Because, I mean, this is a real, this graphic novel, it's slow, but it's still happening. Basically, I'm doing a page every week. And each graphic novel is about 50 pages. So it's it's almost like an it's like an old annual. Like it's, you know, I would like to speed it up, but I don't know when that's going to happen. I just don't have the time. But, you know, yeah. There's a, uh, there's a, we looked into this recently within the last summer, I believe there's a name for this kind of, uh, intricate line work, uh, in art. Oh, do you remember what it's called? I remember cross hatching. Uh, no, it's not just cross hat. It's just, it's a, it's a particular style. Boy, for the life of me, I can't remember what it was. I remember talking about the artists I like who work in that style, but I can't remember. We came across somebody at a con, maybe in Cleveland of last year. Yes. Yeah. Remember who that was? I remember exactly who you're talking about, and he had a very specific term for it, but... I can't remember what it I'll was, be damned but it's if I just... When you look at a single panel, you think, my God, that panel in itself had to have taken hours, like many laborious hours, and then here's just page after page of this kind of artwork. How long does it take you to, uh, to put a panel down? Well, as you can see, some of those pages are definitely more uh, detailed than others. But uh, well, sure, but let's let's say one of the more uh, detailed a ones. A day. See, that's the thing. I only have a, a time. I only have time to do a page a day. So that's why I, what I do is on my Sunday. Sundays is Sunday is Bun Day for me. Like that's when I, I'll sit down and tweak out on a page, and that's why you'll see uh, uh, some of them went. Some of them uh, roll over into a more than one day. But in general, I can, I can do if from start to finish pencil and and pen. Uh, it takes me a day. That's amazing. That is amazing. Just Thank be you. able to sit down and just have that flow out of yeah. you. And you know, I'd I'd love to know what maybe some of your influences are for this style because it's so. Oh yeah, definitely. I keep wanting to definitely. say like otherworldly and other stereotypical mm. things like that, but I, I like that it's it's not off-putting, but unusual in a way that makes you want to know more. So what did you kind of draw from to get this style? Um, well, as far as the art, um, my, my biggest uh, my biggest inspirations were are Gustav Dorr. I am so I glad you I'm said pa- that because I wanted to make the point like, can I say it? Can I say it? Does he like Gustav? <laughs> I don't want to sound like an <laughs> asshole, but oh, I am so glad. No, 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 no. He's one of my favorites. Him, uh, William Blake. Um, William Blake is... He's I, I absolutely love William Blake. Um, 
and um, Hieronymus Bosch and a lot of a lot of class, like you know older than old stuff, Renaissance stuff, and around that time. Um, but it's it's that etching style of you know when those when those guys around the time that they started around the time that more people started using the printing press really, and then people started using uh, people started making these engraved plates to 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 put into those printing press uh, to put into the printing press for you know to enhance these literary works like Dante's Inferno and and things like that. I mean those those were those guys were had to find clever ways to to make the art more uh, intricate as far as line. And that's why you know you see people like Gustav Dorr and 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 William Blake and I don't know those the, probably the, by far the biggest influence to me were those guys. But then at the same time, I also got the influence, of course, from, you know, reading comic books in the 80s and the 90s. I mean, you know, Todd McFarlane and stuff like that, mm. yeah, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, I, I thought there was a reason why I was drawn to this, like, instantly. <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I'm like, this is good. You know, subtract the, the artistic talent and the willingness to work hard at a project. And I'd say you and I are cut from the same cloth. I think we, All right. uh, we've got a lot in common. <laughs> Strip the ambition away and you got <laughs> yeah. me. When you sit down to do another page, is it just how you feel that day, depending on what style you do? Because there's so many different styles on it. Well, sometimes I'll be thinking, yeah, I do, I do try to make it different uh, styles. Uh, what I was trying to do from the first one, you notice it a little bit more in the second one, is I'm trying to show an obvious difference in style when we're going back and forth between our, what I call the mundane world, which is our world, and the world where Milo finds himself in, the the world with the uh, the tree people, you know, the people living on the tree and all the weird fantastic stuff. So I what I what I like to do is I like to uh, when we go to the other world I use a lot of heavy cross hatching, you know, oh, yeah. I to kind of make you feel to kind of make you feel like you're in another dimension, because you know I don't have enough time to put color to this. I would like to maybe put color. So I instead, what I do is I, I try know. to make it as dense as I can to try to make the art uh, do well without the color. I mean, maybe later on down the line I'll, I'll apply color to it, but. I think I I think I'm on to something um, so far with trying to make it seem like trying to make it work without color and still kind of show a bunch of different styles at once. You know, you know what I mean? Does that, I'm kind of like, rambling. No, here. I Does know that, what you mean. I feel like uh, yeah. this style, especially especially that really intricate line work calls for a black and white medium. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think something would be taken away from that if man, color was introduced. I'm so glad you said that. There's some people have told me that too. I, I uh, Thanks. I like to thank you. Yeah, Maybe I mean, great. like the Wizard of Oz type of thing where in one of the world there's color and then <laughs> sure. the other one there's the heavy line. Or even like a Schindler's List exactly. thing where there's just specks of yeah, color in yep. you know, a black and white. I like now. where your head's at. Not sure. <laughs> Maybe there's a different example. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think no, of. Is Schindler's List. It was a great movie. No, you're right. But no. Well, I, actually, I mean, in, you're bringing a good point with Schindler's List. That was, I think, that was why. That's what got me about Schindler's List was that it's just, you know this stark, terrifying way of looking at things, and then when you yeah. see that girl in that red dress, I mean, that's you're. I don't know. There's some. There's that horror right there. I I kind of try to capture a little bit of that too. I mean, I'm not trying to capture what. I'm not trying to capture that. Something as serious as that. But I'm saying, I think when you feel horror or or you see something that is disturbing, your mind latches onto one thing. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. It certainly and does. and um, in, the, in my in my book, I'm really trying to create, um, especially with two and three. I'm trying to create the 
darkest, blackest, scariest evil that 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 this poor kid has has to has to confront in the form of the of the the main antagonist. And the only time I ever use any color uh, so far in book one, two, and three is when she shows up. And and that's kind of my way to kind of I want it to, I want there to be a presence to this to this kind of evil, you know. Sure. And I think that's I think that's the way to do it, you know. I don't know. No, I understand totally. Yeah. Um, one question I do have, I keep forgetting to ask, is this the way this comic is set up on the website buncomic.com is yeah. you know when you click on that comic tab, it's laid out in uh, all in pages. And maybe you've already said this, but I mean, do you first and fo- foremost consider this to be a web web comic, or is that just a way for people to get a taste before they go and buy? Bun is my last my last attempt to try to tell a story with my art. Um, and and so I don't not I'm not doing this to make money. I want people to read this. I want people to read this damn story. Sure. <laughs> but a lot of people have been talking talking to me and they, they're starting to get through to me and they're starting to say, hey, man, this is good stuff. I mean, if you put something out there for free, people don't think it's a value. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. And I am starting to find that that's kind of a bummer because, you know, but I don't know. At the same time, whatever. Look, I got book one. I got book two. You can read it. Anybody can read it for free. And 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 hopefully, if they like it, they'll be excited about the third one, which should be coming out soon. And I don't know. We have some merch, I guess. If we have to make money, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I didn't. Bun was never about making money. Bun's about telling this weird story I got in my head. It's about getting it out. I think it's also about inspiring other people to get their to get their stories out of their head. You know. It, yeah. It, it's a weird thing that it's hard to get somebody to take something for free yeah in this i mean in this world i've seen people claw and trip over each other for something for free that they didn't even want and i think it just comes down to tangibility maybe like having something you can actually hold because i guarantee you like if you had this in print we're giving out for free you wouldn't be able to keep it man oh but i see i i do have them in print um and I offer them for sale, but the print uh, I, I sell them for like eleven bucks each. And the only reason why I even sell them for that much is because that is just enough to cover the cost of printing. Because I I demand that I use this nice quality paper. I demand that the you know what I mean. Like I won't. Right. They look good. They look like nice little you know nice little graphic novels. They're they're nice quality paper, quality uh, print. Um, but I mean, again, I'm trying to tell people, hey, you want to spend money on this, you know. Some weird comic you never heard of about a rabbit. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how to approach it from a business perspective. So all, all I know how to do is, is is draw and tell this weird story. And and I'm going to keep putting it out. And hopefully uh, enough people read it and get inspired by it. But Absolutely. yeah, I, I wish I, I wish I knew how to. No, you know what? I take that back. I don't want to approach it like that. I don't think I don't think this I don't think it will be as uh, awesome if I start treating it like a business, you know? Yeah, it'll probably take a little bit of the uh, magic away for it uh from it. Yeah. But um Yeah, I, I, I mean, think it's so. admirable what you're doing, you know? I mean, as a creator, you want to have something out there, and that's pretty much what it comes down to. Your your costs are covering your expenses, and that's about it. It's about having your work out into the world. No one can accuse you of selling out on this one. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, even then, I don't have anything bad to say about people that, you know, if someone wants to tell their story and make some money, hey, more power to them. I'm not oh, in any absolutely. way saying, yeah, I don't have any problem with that. I think that's great. If you can make it work, make it work. You know, do hustle, do it. But 
I, I don't know. Uh, Bun is is kind of like a is is kind of like my my little baby that's going to be growing and getting more dense as this slowly progresses. Sure. And I think that once that snowball starts rolling, as far as productivity, I think I'll start cranking out more books faster. But I, I'm I'm pretty pleased with how book one came out. And then when I when I book two came out last time uh, last year, the same time uh, around March. And I'm, I'm much more happy with Bun book two and book three. I'm wrapping it up right now. And it's it's just really I don't know. I'm very happy with it. I, I want people to see it. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Everyone's telling me not to not to put it uh, out for free on the website, but I think I'm going to. I think I'm just going to. Well, it's you know? your creation. You know, whatever you want to do with it, man. But we'll uh, we'll help get it in front of people by uh, putting it on the website, on Twitter, yeah, Instagram, right. all that stuff there. And uh, people can go to buncomic.com to check that out. And what's your handle on social media? Uh, the Bun Comic on Facebook. Um, I believe we're on Instagram too. I think it's Bun Comic. Okay. But yeah, the the Facebook page has a uh, weekly updates. Uh, I I'm very accessible. I'll talk. I talk to people. I'm actually, you know, I I, I love hearing suggestions. I, I love hearing uh, people send me emails. This kid sent me an email where he was talking about how Milo's dad was too real because his dad. It reminded him of his dad, who was an alcoholic, and I was like, "Oh man!" Wow. Like, I only did one comic about this kid and a rabbit, and there's people already saying stuff, so it's it's pretty cool, you know. Right? Well, you know, that's when it's good when it touches someone. Sure. Yeah, exactly. When they can relate to it, yep. you've done your job. Well, the main character of the story, Milo, is uh, he's the son of a of uh, Eastern European uh, immigrants, and I don't know. Stephen King would always say to write what you know. That's why Stephen King has like eight novels where where the main character is a writer. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but he, I, that's kind of what my experience was like. I mean, my parents came were immigrants from Western Europe, not Eastern Europe. And my wife, who does the lettering and does all the formatting, really, her she's also uh, first generation born here, but her parents are from uh, from Southeast Asia. So there's this feeling. I, I think. If there's if there's one of the themes that I try to capture in Bun is that the otherworldliness of of trying to adapt to a new culture, even though I guess how do I say this? I guess adapting to the new world from the old world. I guess does that make sense? I don't know. Uh, my parents came from the old world, Europe, and they made they had to make sense of being in the new world here in this country. And there's that's a it's it's a weird kind of thing. It's almost like you're passing through another membrane into another world. And I think there's a little bit of that. I try to put a little bit of that in Bun. I don't know if that sounds pretentious, but he's he's certainly know. getting a a more serious dose of that passing through the membrane. There, I think his uh, his new and old world criteria are a little different than most of ours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you got... Okay, you got what I'm saying. Uh, I'm always worried that I'm rambling too. <laughs> We're there with you, bro. You got what I'm saying more than I know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. And again, we're going to help direct people that way. We'll have uh, links on our website and uh, we'll be pushing it out to the best of our ability, sir. Great. Thank so, you. Well, Brian, thank you for being with us here today. And Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to candarepodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, list to the show. Check out some of our merch. Go to our Patreon page. Man, I keep brain farting. I used to have it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Uh, check out some of the YouTube videos, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. You know, you did have it down almost too good at one point because yeah. you went from saying social to social. Social, yeah, and I say social media. Social media. Social media. And don't for speaking of social media. <laughs> Uh, you can find us on Twitter at CandairPod and Instagram at Canned underscore Air. If you're looking for some merchandise, at Society6.com forward slash CandairPod. We just put a new Patreon pod out. so we sure uh, did. So that Patreon investment's getting uh, a little sweeter every month. Every month it gets the, sweeter. The polls are closed for our nomination for best local podcast. Yeah, I'm hoping by the time that this actually airs, we find out if we want it's or not. some indication. It's going to be in the 29th issue. That it, well, yeah, but March 29th. If we want, I'm sure we'll be notified before that, don't you think? I should hope so. Yeah, I would hope so, yeah. I would think. Maybe not. It's just one page. Congrats to. Good job. (laughs) Ah, sweet. We did it. Freeze frame with a fist in the air. (laughs) Don't you forget. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And I'm Brian Silvera. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is where he keeps the good stuff. You don't need drugs to get high. Talk! You just need the Candair Podcast. That's good advice. Now we know. And no one is half the battle. Just one question. What are you doing outside the window? <laughs> Tell your mama to call me. G.I. So Go for it's it. It's time. This is my favorite. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I keep. I can't get notoriety big out of my <laughs> <laughs> Okay. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.